attention anyone who's ever dreamed of working in ICT in Australia, this is your episode. I'm going to give you a step-by-step guide that will help you get a visa with ease. Hi, I'm Rhea Pabole, CEO and founder of Solvi Migration, providing simple solutions for Australian migration. If you want to work, study, or even just vacay in Australia, and you've come to the right place for expert tips on how to stop the confusion and choose the right pathway for a holiday, student visa, or permanent residency in Australia. Join me on Making Australian Migration Easy. As we say in Australia, no worries, mate. Hi, and welcome to the ninth episode of Making Australian Migration Easy. My name is Rhea Favole, and I'm the CEO and founder of Solvi Migration. Before commencing Solvi, I worked at the Australian Immigration Department for 12 years and I want to share with you some insights on this show. In today's episode, I'm going to explain how to build a visa pathway with your ICT skills to live in the land down under. Now, there are a lot of things that may sound a little bit daunting, but don't worry, with my help, you'll ace it and I can make your ICT dreams come true. So if you, an ICT professional aged 45 years or younger, then now is the time for you to make your move to Australia. You may have heard some crazy facts about migrating here and getting a visa, but with the right advice, it won't be as hard as you think. Better still, with our help, you can get your visa approved and have permanent residency rights that come with it. We can give you legal advice on every aspect of your visa application so you can worry less about the paperwork and focus on your planning for your new future in Australia with your family. As always, please listen through to the end because we will have something special for our valued listeners. So in last week's episode, I discussed visa options to work in the hospitality sector. I talked about what type of visas So what type of hospitality jobs there are in Australia, the skills assessments for the hospitality industry, and visa options for people to come and work in that industry. This week, I want to talk talk about options for people who want to work in ICT and migrate to Australia. It's the digital age, and Australia continues to take strides trying to keep up with this growing sector. For someone who has worked hard for the right qualifications and experience, this is the time that you can open the door and migrate to Australia with your ICT skills. So let's get our learning hats on and find out how to do just that. So the first topic that I want to talk to today, what is the ICT sector? Some people will be like, Raya, what are you talking about? So as a good lawyer and a good student, in order to answer this question, I've done uh, the most common thing and jumped on Wikipedia to give you the answer. And what Wikipedia has said is that ICT, what it stands for is Information and Communications Technology, and it's an extensional term for Information Technology, or IT, talking about the integration of things like telephone systems, signals, software, middleware, audiovisual, and how to understand how to manipulate that information. ICT is also referred to as the convergence of audiovisuals with telephone or single network cabling. So essentially, ICT is the overarching term that includes communication devices like radio, television, cell or mobile phones as they're known in Australia, network hardware, and various appliances. It could be conferencing systems, communication mode that transmits any type of communication, really. 
Now, in terms of the market research, according to Modal Intelligence, the Australian ICT market is expected to expand at a compound annual growth rate of 8.2% in the coming five years. And this is because of a growing emphasis on digital technology, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, robotics, and also IT-related healthcare. There are now major world-recognised brands in Australia, such as Avea, Canon, IBM, and there's also been research and development facilities built in Australia. Google Maps and Warner Brothers have also used the bases in Australia to develop really profitable international digital content, and there's other big players such as uh, Cisco, just to mention a few. So the ICT spending in Australia is also driven by the increasing rate of adoption by businesses in Australia into more advanced technologies. This can be right from um, sort of professional business services or corporate services right through to the agricultural sector, looking at agritech and so on. Also, the Australian government has maintained a continued emphasis on digital transformation, and that's both in the private and public sector services. So that's also driving growth in the ICT industry within Australia. What does that mean for you? That means it's your opportunity to use your skills in order to create a migration pathway to come to Australia and live with you and your family and build a life here. So now I want to talk to you about some examples of the current skilled occupations in ICT that Australia offers migration pathways to. There's quite a number of them, so I won't go into all of it, but to give you at a high level, there's things like ICT business analysts, systems analysts, multimedia specialists, web developers, analyst programmers, software development, software engineers, testers, application programmers, database administrators, computer network systems engineers, network administrators, network analysts, ICT quality assurance and engineering, chief information officers to kind of uh, lead uh, those processes and projects, ICT project managers themselves, ICT managers, web administrators and developers. The list goes on, but I just wanted to give you a high level flavour for the types of roles that are available on the skilled list. Now, you do need to be aware that depending on the visa pathway that you choose, you may need to obtain a skills assessment. For ICT-related jobs, the most common authority to assess ICT skills in Australia is the Australian Computing Society, or the ACS as they're known. The great news is for many in this field is that their qualifications and experience may allow them to qualify for more than one of the occupation codes, and that of course expands your opportunities to have the best chance of securing a visa. So the first homework for you to do is to work out what occupation your qualifications and work experience are aligned to. So the best thing to do that is by going and doing some research on the ACS website. They've got really good guidelines and explanations on the occupation. Once you've worked out the occupation, you'll need to research visa options and see if there's any limits on the type of visas available for those occupations, including the location and so on within Australia. And when you've figured that out, and if your job is on the list, you'll need to understand if your qualifications and work experience will meet the requirements be eligible for a skilled visa. As I mentioned earlier, the best place to research that is the ACS website, and they're also the ones who can conduct the skills assessment. So I'll pop a link to their website 
in the show notes for you. Again, as always, as you can see, it's really important to do your homework and research and make sure you have the right advice so that you can plan your migration pathway really well. The most important one that everyone wants to know. So visa options. So if you don't yet have the skills or necessary work experience, you can consider coming to Australia to study. So you need a subclass 500 student visa and you'll be able to get qualifications with a residency pathway as long as you study the right courses. There's some that are, you can do a diploma level course in ICT in a little two years and have a residency pathway. If you've studied bachelor's or master's studies here in Australia, you may need some further work experience in order to set yourself up for permanent residency options. So a subclass 485 graduate visa would be the best option. So now, of course, people also want to know about what about the longer term or permanent residency options. And as I've said in the previous discussion, you need to understand how your skills and work experience align to an occupation and whether or not those occupations are available to the visas that you are hoping to get. So when I'm talking about skills assessment, ICT is one of those areas where it depends on the visa as to whether or not you need a skill assessment. So for example, if you're looking for the subclass, the temporary pathway, so the subclass 482, which does form a pathway to permanent residency, Based on your qualifications and work experience alone, you may be able to secure a visa. Again, you need to have individual advice on your circumstances. When we're talking about the state and territory nominated program, which is the subclass 491 or the 190 visa, it's mandatory to have had a skills assessment before you make your expression of interest. Similarly, for the subclass 189, which is a skilled independent visa. It's another one that you would go on to skill select on the Department of Home Affairs website. Part of the expression of interest process for this general skilled migration visas is that you need to have had a skills assessment, first of all. So as I said, it really depends on the pathway that you're going to, to whether or not you need the skills assessments. But it's also a good way of just validating for, I guess, immigration decision makers if they see a skills assessment for any visa, then they're not going to question whether or not you meet the actual requirements of that occupation in Australia because the accredited authority has given their endorsement of your skills. So something important to think about when you're making those plans. So just diving back to the first visa option that I was talking about, where you may not need to have the skills assessment depending on the circumstances. The subclass 482 is quite common. That visa, you would need to have an employer and they would need to be an approved sponsor and they get an approved nomination before you can apply for your visa. Those ones, most of them, you, you would find occupations in the medium and long-term list. And then that has pathways to permanent residency on visas such as the subclass 186, which is permanent residency. Again, that's with employer sponsorship. There are transitional options for that visa, but again, you'd need to get some professional advice uh, to better understand that. There's also, I know I mentioned in my introduction, uh, if you are 45 years or younger, if you are just above that a touch, there are a couple of other visa options. So I've talked about in previous 
episode, the, the labor agreements known as DAMAs, so the Designated Area Migration Agreements, they will often have concessions for age. Some of them 50, but most of them up to the age of 55. But you'd need to see if the occupation is on that agreement and you would need to be living and working in one of those uh, areas. Again, you need to have a sponsor who is approved through that process. Another one which I think has a lot of relevance to mention in the ICT space is the Global Talent Visa. That's a subclass 858. So where we're talking about areas like agritech, digitech, fintech occupations, all of which sit in the ICT area, if you are someone who is highly accredited professional and you have had skills and recognition that you have gained internationally, you've presented at conferences, you might have written papers that have um, colleagues have also endorsed your, your credibility, so a high academic standard, you may be able to get a, a nomination for that, either by an individual or an organisation. And then that could, you put in, again, it's an expression of interest process to the global talent team. If they give you an invitation, then you can lodge an application for a global talent visa. The reason that I'm mentioning that one, it is a very high threshold, so keep that in mind. It's not just a matter of having skills and work experience. It is one for someone who really is seen as a global talent in their field. They recognise across a number of countries for their professional credentials. But that particular visa is permanent residency. It also is for applicants up to the age of 55. And there are exemptions, for example, if someone is highly esteemed and they're a business professional or an academic in their field, there may be consideration given to exempting that age limitation within that too. So I think in this context, it was important to also mention the global talent visa. So a lot to think about there. There are many different visa pathways that you can take right from coming to Australia to learn how to work in an ICT profession, right through to those who already have qualifications and work experience and now wish to migrate within their profession, to those who may be working at international standing, who may be seen as a global talent to migrate to Australia. So to wrap up the key areas, what we covered off today, we talked about ICT and how we're going to how you can form a pathway to migrate to Australia in the ICT sector. We talked a little bit about what ICT, what I mean when I say ICT and what the Australian market looks like in terms of job opportunities for migrating to Australia in that path, as well as skills assessments and assessing, well, one, whether or not you have the required skills of an occupation, two, seeing whether or not you may need a skills assessment and the most common Skills Assessing Authority, being the ACS. And then finally, we talked about the range of different visa options that are available. There's a bit of homework for you to do and a lot to think about, but the team and I, as always, grateful for you listening to our show. Please like, subscribe and comment. And also, as a, my ongoing reward to our valued listeners, we are offering 
$50 off first consultation to planning your migration pathway to Australia. That advice is, of course, given to you at a time that suits you. It only takes 30 minutes of consultation. You provide the qualifications. My team will actually assess and see whether or not they meet the standards and to give you advice and guidance to form a pathway. Then you'll have the the legal advice to go forward in the correct way. So in order to book a consultation, you just need to go to our website. That's www.solvimigration.com.au. That's solvimigration.com.au. Click on book a consultation. And when you're booking that consultation, you'll see a request for a little redeem code. And I want you to enter 50 off. That's five zero O double F and you will receive $50 off your consultation. Once again, thank you so much for listening in today. And I look forward to seeing you in future episodes. Please let me know in the comments if there's any further things that you'd like to me to cover in this show. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Making Australian Migration Easy with me, your host, Rhea Favole. If you're ready to get started on your pathway to Australia, you can book a consultation on our website, solvimigration.com.au. That's solvimigration.com.au. If you've enjoyed the show and have learned a thing or two, please share, rate and review our podcast. Your feedback means the world to us as we try and let more people know the best way to study and work in Australia in a way that sets them up for long-term success. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you later.